Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo, a place where you're going to find inspiration, wisdom, and healing. A podcast for men. Good evening. What's happening? Welcome to Late Night Talks. I hope you had a splendid week and a nice holiday for those that celebrate. It's good to be here in the room with you. I had a very relaxing week with my adults. <laughs> I heard somebody say that the other day because they're not quite kids, but they're not quite adults yet, although my son is 18. But So with the holiday, I was really just spending a lot of time with them. And I have to honor my time, my space, just as I honor other people. And I almost honestly didn't come on at all this week, but I figured I would come and share at least a little bit. I don't have anything too crazily planned. You know, I feel sometimes that these unplanned talks <laughs> sometimes have more volume because it comes more from the heart rather than the mind. So that's where creativity thrives from because our heart is indeed the wellspring of endless possibilities. <laughs> I would love to do a quick check-in before we begin, just to get centered and present, if you wouldn't mind. As I always say, feel free to fast forward if you're not interested in this part. Now let's just take a deep breath in and then we're just going to exhale. Close your eyes. And if you can or want, just place both of your hands on your heart. Just continue to breathe with a steady, slow breath. And as you inhale, I want you to imagine this air nourishing and cleaning your lungs. And just visualize that oxygen circulating through your blood and travel throughout the body. Our lungs are the centerpiece to our respiratory system. We are so blessed to have this incredible organ for our body and system to run efficiently. Just continue to breathe and fall into gratitude. Give your lungs love 
They are ultimately what helps us to experience the breath of life. Just a few moments more. And so it is. Thank you. Gratitude is everything, dear ones. Absolutely everything. And we have so much to be grateful for. We have this museum of the world's most beautifully crafted, thriving art that one could ever experience right outside of our doorstep. A palette of gorgeous colors, shades, and textures. Everywhere you look, you see something different. From the ground to the sky. This is a never-ending scene of magnificence so many people miss it. A lot of people aren't truly present when they're outdoors. They might have a zillion things going on in their mind, or they're on their phones, or they're talking to friends. And in the world that we live in, I'll admit it is very difficult to be present. But we need to start having more awareness and when we're outside to start breathing in these sights that we're seeing because it is so nourishing on so many levels. And I read something the other day that was kind of (laughs) crazy. It was from the EPA, which is the Environmental Protection Agency, and it said that the typical American spends 93% of their time inside. So they're spending about 87% of their time in their home or work or whatever kind of building And then the other 6% is in vehicles or some sort of transportation. So only 7% of their lifespan is spent outdoors, which is insane, (laughs) crazy low. That's less than a half a day a week spent in nature. And this could be why the obesity rate is so high here because there's just not enough outdoor activity taking place. And the average person, I mean, I think this is, this is worldwide. I forget where I read it, but the average person is on their phone five to six hours a day. Some studies say 10 hours a day. Right. And I don't know about where you are in the world, but I no longer see children playing out in residential areas. It's like a ghost town. And it's really disheartening because I just remember as a child that we were always outside. And I know we didn't have technology, but 
I love to see children outside. It reminds me of when I was their age. And I suppose for some of us, it feels more natural to be out among nature, among the trees. And for others, not so much. It might be too buggy or whatever. I know people that just don't like it because of the bugs or whatever. I don't know. But it's actually becoming essential for our overall health to be in nature. And researchers are finding more and more and more evidence on this. (laughs) Even just having houseplants, beautiful for your environment, by the way, houseplants are shown to enhance our focus and productivity by 15%. (laughs) It decreases stress. It improves our mood. Plants are amazing to have in your space. So anyway, the great outdoors literally affects our body, mind, and spirit. And, you know, we obtain many, many psychological advantages by maybe just seeing a view of a scenic view or encountering or maybe interacting with nature. So I want to share with you to give you an idea of what some of these studies are showing that the natural world can do to us as humans and the healing powers actually that it has the natural medicine that it carries. So there's growing evidence from studies stating that it improves our short term memory. It also enhances our working memory. It creates better problem solving. There's greater creativity. There's lower levels of stress, higher feelings of positivity and well-being. It improves productivity, like I mentioned. It reduces anger and fear. It also reduces blood pressure, heart rate, and muscle tension. Isn't that amazing? There's also a study of gallbladder patients. And so, you know, these individuals had their gallbladders taken out and they were split in half and half of them had a view of nature of trees. And the other half didn't have a view at all. They were just looking at a wall And according to the study's physician, Robert Ulrich, patients who had the view of the trees endured pain better. They seemed to the nurses to have less negative effects and spent less time in the hospital. Again, Mother Nature is a healer. My theory about why this is, why we are so healed by nature, why we're so drawn to the outdoors, most people, I believe it's because nature very much lives within each of us. And this is why we feel so at home with it. You know, it's almost like when you're out there, at least for me, in the midst, in the, the, the deepest forest, I feel that I belong there. There's so many 
ways that we are intertwined, that we are interconnected with the roots of nature and the one that created it. You know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Well, the human body, earth, and the universe are very similar in how they work together. We truly are the universe and it lives within each of us. And if you think about it, we are made of stardust. Now I understand a lot of people probably left the podcast by now. (laughs) I didn't expect many people to stick around for this one. But for those that are here, please open your mind and consider this. Okay. Most of the elements of our bodies were formed in stars over the course of billions of years and multiple star lifetimes. Consider this. Let's take iron for an example. Okay. Iron is essential for the proper functioning of our hearts. This is the mineral that's required for the the production of hemoglobin. And hemoglobin is what transports the oxygen throughout the body, as well as the myoglobin. So that's found more in the muscles. The heart is obviously the most important muscle in the body, right? And without iron, it cannot function. So this iron is almost the heart of the heart. Where did iron come from? Iron is created inside stars, particularly the red supergiants. And supergiants are considered the stars that are at least 10 times bigger than the sun. So if you can imagine, I mean, the sun is a million times bigger than earth. So these are huge stars. So what happens with these super giants is when they, the fusion takes place, the components combine to generate a star. And when that collision happens, the supernova explodes. And when that collision takes place in the explosion, the iron shards are ejected into space. And that's kind of how they got here on earth. So it's, it's really quite fascinating. And I was thinking about something the other day and I, Again, you're going to think I'm completely crazy and that's okay, (laughs) but it's almost as if the earth has her own nervous system in a way. Okay. Our nervous systems, this is our communication system, right? This is our communication center for our bodily functions to certain things like breathing, digestion, our heartbeat. And she kind of has her own nervous system. And, you know, it has this elegant, constant spin, like a dance in space, similar to the beating of our hearts. You know, we're never thinking about it. Our heart just beats on its own, beautifully, keeping us alive. And the earth's spin 
keeps all things on the planet alive. If she stops, we're pretty much doomed, just like if our heart stops. Okay, but back to the nervous system. You know, she has this incredible communication taking place in the soil of the earth, which has helped create air for our lungs. Remember, we talked about the microbes a while back. The earth and human are loaded with trillions of these microbiome bacteria. This is another similarity we have. And listen to this. Recent research is now doing some studies on on fungi and fungi actually develop these patterns of this nerve-like electrical activity and these patterns in the in the activity seem to be comparable to structures in human speech okay so this indicates that in that the the impulses have an impact on other cells in the in the fungus network and this might help us to understand how communication occurs in the mycological species a computer scientist andrew adamatsky he is from the university of west of england in the united kingdom and he was able to identify up to 50 different words or groups of spikes in the activity created by the fungal networks analyzed. So cool. I think it's just amazing. So, you know, we really can't deny that the land is, is truly the lungs of the planet, you know, without everything that's going on under us and around us, we wouldn't be able to survive. We wouldn't be here. I would love to to talk about trees for a minute now. <laughs> trees are very similar to humans, or we are to trees. And just to share, studies are revealing that Earth is on track to run out of trees in 300 years. So I'm asking for you to do your best to save a tree and plant some. Every tree is uniquely different, just as we are. It has its its own, not our alike, okay? They're also 50% water. Humans are 60% water. We both rely on water to survive. And we actually mirror the trees because we breathe in oxygen. We breathe out carbon dioxide. The trees, on the other hand, they take in the carbon dioxide and release the oxygen out into the atmosphere. Another great thing about trees is they help slow climate change. How does this happen? Well, carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas that that traps in our atmosphere and it contributes to the global warming. So trees prevent additional carbon dioxide from entering the atmosphere where it retains heat by storing it in their wood, in their leaves, and in their soil. So trees absorb pollutants including sulfur dioxide and carbon monoxide in addition to CO2. 
it's, it's just incredible. You know, trees also communicate and protect one another from pests and disease. It's really true. Peter Wallenben, I think I'm saying that right. He's a German forester and author. And he has this special insight on the inner life of trees, which he's able to convey in these accessible words. According to the German forester, trees actually have their own communities and families, just like we do. (laughs) They create tribes to assist one another. And he discusses how trees speak to each other and how they exchange resources in his best-selling book, The Hidden Life of Trees. He shares how scents may be detected by trees through their leaves. It's kind of crazy, but Wallenben considers it to be a sense of smell. So they have also a sense of taste. This is crazy. So these elms and pines, they're able to sense a, a caterpillar's saliva. And when this happens, it will emit these pheromones. And when this pheromone is released, it will attract this parasitic wasp when the tree is being attacked by these leaf-eating caterpillars. So the wasp comes along and what it does is deposits their eggs within the caterpillars. And then the caterpillars are eaten from the inside out by the wasp's larvae. And apparently Wallenben describes that you know, this experience for the caterpillars is, it's very painful. So it's kind of sad, honestly, but I guess this is, this is the cycles of life, you know, but, um, you know, these trees are extremely intelligent and I mean, I can go on and on about trees, but I would like to move on to water. But before we do, I want you to just consider admiring a tree The next time you go out in nature and you see a tree, take a moment to just be present with it. You know, notice what you see, stare at it, look around. How does this tree resemble you? What can this tree teach you? When I see trees, it teaches me strength. It teaches me about my ancestral roots, my family. It teaches me that change and transformation is for growth, right? And it's very similar to us. We have a long trunk and limbs. So now for water, many people are captivated by large pools of water, whether it's the ocean, rivers, or lakes. And the earth is more water than anything. It's 70% water. Again, very similar to humans and trees, because actually when we're born, our bodies are 78% water. But as we age, this percentage begins to lower to, like I said, 60%. But the brain remains 80% water. So the human body is, as a whole, 
has about the same density as water, allowing us to float. Water is very much alive and conscious, just like the rest of the planet, the rest of nature, along with air. You know, it's it's the primary ingredient for supporting life as we know it. Again, the ocean plankton, that microorganism, this is what provides us with more than half the planet's oxygen. So for people, it's believed that about 80% of the world's population lives within 60 miles of water, whether it's, again, if, whether it's an ocean, lake, or, or a river. Basically, we are water. We cannot survive without it, okay? And there's just so many elements that are all tied together. You know, when I see water, I see me. The water reflects many things back to me because the water and I are the same. It is me and I am it. We are the same just as we are with everything else on the planet. We are the air we breathe. We are the food we eat. We are the water we drink. Think about it. You know? I know what I shared here tonight was a little jumbly and scattered. And it really didn't even scratch the surface. I didn't really go into much detail because of my time. And I'm just in a very relaxed, chilled out mood. But I appreciate those who stuck around and listened. You know, we I could go on about this stuff. We could go on and on about the intricate hidden details of the planet. I just suggest that you find a mysterious forest to go venture in. Right? Spending more time outdoors, it will change you. And as you get out more, you'll begin to feel the the connections that we have to things that are way, way bigger than us. Things that we can't see. But you'll be able to feel it, hear it, or sense it. Nature very much will speak to you, and I, I promise you that it will if you're listening. I am going to sign off now, but I just want to Thank you again for those with the open minds that stuck around. (laughs) I really appreciate you. And hopefully next week I can bring you something with, with more value. And yeah, who knows what tomorrow will bring, my friends. You never know. I am sending out tons and tons of love and light. And I hope that you do the same for others in your life and around you. Take care. I'll see you next week.